We're back, baby. 2020. Here we are. Welcome to Nightcap with Jim. I'm the titular Jim, and tonight we have an episode chock full of stuff for you. Going to be talking about what I'm looking forward to this year and some of the stuff that I missed in 2019. For more content you may enjoy, please check out our Morning Mungami podcast and our other social media content at Mungami Players all across the social media sites. Let's get into it. This is a big one. Okay, guys, so <laughs> this is going to be a big episode. Um, I got a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to this year, and there is unfortunately a good amount of stuff that I missed. So um, let's just kick it off. Um, so some of the stuff I missed last year. Um, I mean, look, last year was such a great year for movies, guys, and TV shows. It's ridiculous. Um, so there was a lot that slipped through the cracks. Now, a lot of, like, I watched all this stuff that I'm about to talk about very briefly, but, um, I just didn't get a chance to sit down and record stuff about it. So some of these I'm just going to kind of blow through. Some of them I'll do a couple of minutes. And there's one or two that I, uh, really want to take a couple, five minutes or so on them. Um, and, uh, you know, just state my case on them and stuff. Because some of them are a little bit, uh, you know, movies that got panned and, you know, just things like that. So... Without any further uh, ado, let's uh, jump into it. So, we're going to pretty much go in chronological release date order here. And we begin with The Upside, uh, which starred Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Uh, Kevin Hart as a uh, kind of a ne'er-do-well who stumbles into a job as a caretaker for a quadriplegic. Um, I really enjoyed it, you know. And this movie had a really weird sort of... Um, like arc in terms of its rating um like when it first came out um it was like at a 3.4 or something like that on imdb and then now if you check this rating it's like a 5 or a 6.8 or something like that um you know i think a lot of people were a little pissed off because it was a remake of you know a very beloved french film and um, they just weren't willing to give it a chance, or they did, and they f they felt like it didn't live up to the original. Um, but you know, as time gone as has gone by, more and more people seem to have enjoyed it. Um, me being one of them for sure. Uh, I thought it was absolutely great. Kevin Hart was uh, just magical um, in this role, and Brian Cranston. Well, he's Brian Cranston, you know. Um, it's a lot easier to say what he does wrong than what he does right, because he does everything right. Um, I'm also going to be including my ratings uh, when I talk about these movies, so the upside gets an 8. Moving on to Cold Pursuit, which was the action thriller starring Liam Neeson, in which he uh, goes on a revenge killing spree in the wake of his son's overdose and death. Um, not much to say about it. Just, you know, it's your run-of-the-mill Liam Neeson kill-em-all movie. Uh, but also, it's not. Um, it has a very unique style to it, a very unique tone. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you like Liam Neeson and if you like watching Liam Neeson kill people. <laughs> uh, give it a 7. Um, good time movie. Uh, the Lego Movie Part 2. Um, See, I really loved the first Lego movie, and I really loved Batman, uh, the Batman Lego movie, um, but some of their other fare has kind of fallen, uh, stumbled a little bit, like the Ninjago one, and uh, this one too. Like, it was very good, but 
Um, for some reason, it just didn't get me there the way the first movie did. Um, having said that, I definitely need to go back and watch it again. So, um, for now, it's a tentative 7, but we'll see what happens. Uh, next up is, uh, I may have mentioned this movie in last year's first episode of the year, uh, The Kid, which is a film about Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid um, at the tail end of Billy's life, um, taking place from the perspective of a young boy who um, just happens to find himself in the midst um, and in the mix of these two legendary uh, figures of the Wild West. The basic story is this kid um, and his sister run away from home from their abusive uncle after um, the loss of a parent, and they stumble into um, this situation where Pat Garrett is chasing Billy the Kid, and they get in the standoff. So it's just a very interesting, very cool, very awesome movie um, starring some really awesome names like Ethan Hawke and uh, Dean DeHaan and Chris Pratt, and it's directed by Vincent D'Onofrio, um, and it's just an absolutely spectacular movie, in my opinion. Uh, I would recommend it all day long and into the night. The Kid Gets a Nine. Moving on to Five Feet Apart. Now, this is a movie that I did not take seriously when it came out. In fact, um, I said many times to many people, I hope both of these characters die at the end. Because if you don't know the story, it's a um, romantic drama about two um, two people who are in the hospital with CF, cystic fibrosis. And um, because of the, the nature of this particular disease, they can't get within six feet of anybody else who has the, who, who has the same disease because they can pick up and die from another person's bacteria like that. Um, and then these two, you know, they start falling, they start hanging out and falling in love and stuff like that. So I just, I did not take the movie seriously at all. I was like, this is a stupid movie and I hope both of these characters die. That'll be the only reason I will uh, have to actually see it. Um, so I sat down and watched it one night. I was just like, screw it. Let's do it. Let's see what the deal is. And I fell in love with the movie myself. Um, I thought it was absolutely extraordinary. The performances from Haley Lou Richardson and the rest of the cast were wonderful. The direction was uh, fantastic. I loved the cinematography. And uh, by the time I got to the end, I was a blubbering mess. Um, <laughs> now, is that because both characters died and I was really sad about it or something else? I'm not telling because you know me. I don't do spoilers. Uh, but long story short, Five Feet Apart gets a 9 out of 10 from uh, Jim. Moving on, uh, we have Dragged Across Concrete. Gonna save this one because um, it's part of uh, a series I'm going to do hopefully this year, um, unless the guy comes out with a new movie, which I don't think so, so we'll probably get that done. Um, very basically, it's uh, Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, they're cops, they get suspended, they're deci they decide we're going to go a little rogue, and some crazy stuff happens. Um, 10 out of 10. It was absolutely extraordinary. Now, this is not the kind of movie I would recommend for everybody. It is hyper-violent, and when I say that, I mean when you watch um, the violence in this particular director's movies, it uh, is so incredibly visceral and intense that it can make you extremely uncomfortable to the point where you might vomit. Um, 
he does he literally like there is no punch to be pulled because he just shot you in the face with a shotgun emotionally speaking um so enter with um extreme uh care and uh you know enter at your own risk basically um because it gets pretty brutal as do all this dude's movies uh, but it's amazing. I mean, he's one of the most exciting um, writer, director, filmmakers uh, out there right now. So, 10 out of 10 for Dragged Across Concrete. Um, next up, we have Hellboy, the uh, the rebooty one um, that does not star Ron Perlman. So, <clears throat> this movie did not do so hot, and there's a few reasons why. But overall, it was solid enough for me to give it a six, you know? Um, I did not hate it outright, but I definitely didn't love it. Um, I thought there were some things that were really good, and then some things that were kind of shaky, and then some things that, meh, meh, you know? It was good enough for jazz. I'll put it, that's, that's the way I'll put it. So, six for Hellboy. Then we come to the Hulu original show... Good Omens, uh, or sorry, Amazon, Amazon Original, my bad, uh, Good Omens with, um, oh god, David Tennant and, um, Michael Sheen, there we go, I almost screwed that up, uh, this is a story of an angel and a demon who have been together, uh, well, not been together, but working in the same vicinity um, since the beginning of time, essentially, which the show states as six thousand years as six thousand years, but well, not we. I'm not going to get into <laughs> I'm not going to get into that with you. But um, so these guys have been around each other for a long time, and they basically, um, after so often of running into each other at the same place, um, just decide, hey, look, let's just do it this way. When we whenever we get a job, you know, we'll meet up. One of us will go do the job and do both sides. So the angel will do the good stuff and do a little bad stuff, and the demon will do the bad stuff and a little good stuff just to keep the balance because they keep, you know, they both show up at the same spot, so they just cancel each other out, you know, doing their angel and demon stuff. So they figure, why waste both of our time? Let's just, one of us will go do this, the thing, and then, you know, the other one can just hang out. Um, and then, uh, somebody has the bright idea of trying to bring about the uh, Antichrist. So they're like, oh, we don't like this. Um, and so the movie is basically them, or the movie, the show, is their attempt to um, uh, keep the Antichrist from becoming the Antichrist. Uh, it's an amazing show. Um, you know, I'm personally an atheist, so, you know... But I love the show, despite how, you know, religious heavy it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's the nice thing about it and the reason why, if you're not religious, you can enjoy the show is like, it's not shoving scripture down your throat. And I'm sure there were plenty of people who are religious who saw the show and was like, this is nonsense. I hate this. So it, it kind of rides the line right in the middle of just like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, depending on who you are and how, and how it is, like, you're either going to hate it or you're going to love it to death. And I'm one of the people who loved it. So I can't wait for more of Good Omens. It was such a great show. I love the way it ended. I love the way that it, the story progressed. 
David Tennant and Michael Sheen played off each other so perfectly and amazingly well. Uh, the chemistry was extraordinary. Um, it was awesome. I can't wait to see more of this. Uh, next up, we have Men in Black International. Um, again, another movie that most people apparently were not fans of, um, but I... <laughs> maybe it's just who I am or what, but um, I loved it. I thought it was excellent. I thought it's, uh, you know, I thought it was just, it was it, it was exactly what I wanted from um, from this movie. You know what I mean? Like, it gave me exactly what I wanted. It gave me all the great, you know, classic MIB tropes, you know, with aliens and, you know, like the society of, of, you know, aliens living on Earth and, like, how that dynamic plays out. Um, you know, the uh, the teaming of Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, um, again, outside of the MCU, which, um, you know, these two together is always a win. Um, you know, Just so many awesome things. Like, the action I thought was great. Um, just, I you know, and the fact that finally we have a main character who is an agent, who's a female, um, which brought up that obligatory, or maybe not obligatory, depending on, you know, who you talk to at the studio, uh, joke that Chris Hemsworth tells, you know, we are the men in black. The men and women in black. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed the crap out of it. So, uh, it got a nine for me. Oh, Good Omens was a nine too, by the way, sorry. Yeah, so Good Omens is a 9, and MIB International was also a 9. Um, next up, we have Jim Jarmusch's latest effort, The Dead Don't Die. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've heard some people weren't fans of the movie, and I don't know why. You know? Again, it might come down to who I am. Uh, it also might come down to the fact that I'm a little bit biased, because I'm a huge Jim Jarmusch fan. But uh, I loved it, you know. I th it's one of my favorite zombie films that I've seen. Um, just super enjoyable. Adam Driver and Bill Murray uh, just have this amazing chemistry together. Um, and I love the way that Adam Driver plays it, like, so deadpan like Bill Murray does. Um, and there's just a lot of really great jokes. There's some meta jokes and, like, some wall-breaking jokes and stuff like that, which are just, like, so out of left field, and but they're so enjoyable. So, I just had a really good time with this movie, you know, um, really, 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 really enjoyable. Uh, got an 8 from me. Uh, the reason it, I didn't give it a higher rating is just because the zombie stuff took a little while to develop. It, it was a little bit slow at first for me, because, um, I mean, if, if you're making a zombie movie, I want zombies within the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then you could do whatever you want for like half an hour, but I want zombies like right up front. But uh, they didn't do that. Um, so I, I give them props for um, uh, for being so restrained, but I do not give them points. <laughs> so 8 out of 10 for The Dead Don't Die. Next up, we have a Netflix original uh, starring Jennifer Aniston and Adam Sandler, Murder Mystery. This is the uh, story of a uh, New York cop and his wife, who um, finally, after years and years and years of, you know, not going on vacation, they go on vacation to Europe, and they get caught up in a, uh, well, you guessed it, a murder mystery. Um, 
so they have to go on the runs and, and you know, they're suspects, but, you know, he's a cop, so he's trying to figure it out. Um, I thought Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston were great together in this movie, you know? Um, Adam Sandler especially, like, uh, he's been having a, a, a rocky bit, the, you know, for the past couple of years, like with stuff like Pixels and, and whatnot. Um, but he's coming back in a big, bad way. You know, with with murder mystery, and I haven't seen it yet, but his stand up special, hundred percent fresh, and apparently, um, he really is mythologically good in Uncut Gems. So, dude's on the comeback, and uh, you know, it's pretty cool. Um, so, murder mystery gets a seven out of ten for me. Next up, we have Between Two Ferns, the movie. Uh, if you don't know what Between Two Ferns is, it's an internet show on Funny or Die hosted by Zach Galifianakis, where he, um, kind of, it's kind of a parody of interview shows, um, but, because he, it, it's very insulting, for the most part, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, for instance, when he had Brad Pitt on there, you know, he's like, do you think that, uh, like, something about his, 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 uh, attractiveness, um, and, you know, just like, or do you think people realize you're just a shitty actor, and Brad Pitt's sitting there, you know, chewing some gum, and then he just spits it in Zach's face. Um, so, like, it's it's a very antagonistic style of interview, um, but absolutely hilarious. So you should check out the, the web series, and if you like that, I would recommend checking out the movie. Uh, the, the idea of it is Zach wants to have his own late-night show. That's always been the goal for him. And Will Ferrell, who is the president of Funny or Die, um... He says, you know, if you give me, you know, you just killed this actor. I'm not going to tell you who because there's an incident when he does the first interview in the movie and and, and someone dies. Um, so he's like, you killed this person um, and that means you're in the hole now. So you give me X amount of episodes and and I'll give you your own talk show. And so that's the journey that we go on with Zach and his crew uh, from Between Two Firms. Um, hilarious movie. I really loved it. The guests they had, like Keanu Reeves and Peter Dinklage. Um, just awesome stuff. Uh, gets an 8 out of 10 from your boy Jim. Uh, next up, another one we're going to not talk about in depth right now, which is Midsummer. Um, Ari Aster's uh, latest movie. Gets a 10 out of 10 from me. Um, real quick, I'm not going to go into it too much, but this is the guy who did the movie Hereditary. Um, Hereditary really scared the crap out of me, uh, so much so that I was having a panic attack, uh, and I thought Midsummer was gonna be even worse, but for some reason, it wasn't, um, you know, they, yeah, so, we'll discuss that on, at a later date, but, uh, still absolutely incredible movie, 10 out of 10. Next, we have Crawl, which was the, um, alligator or crocodile? Whichever one, um, horror thriller, uh, and uh, I thought it was really enjoyable, you know. Barry Pepper, I love me some Barry Pepper. Um, and then, um, what's her name? Kara Shigagunbrigan, um from, like, the Maze Runner movies and stuff. Uh, she was great, um, which, I don't know. I, like, I've, I think I've only seen her, really, in those Maze Runner movies. And after the second one, I really hated her character uh, for, you know, reasons. But um, <laughs> uh, seeing her in this was uh, a lot of fun. You know, I thought she did a great job. You know, her character was uh, pretty well thought out, had a great arc to it and stuff. 
Um, the special effects were fantastic, I thought. Um, just, you know, a lot of great stuff about this movie. Uh, give it an 8 out of 10. Sorry, I'm going so fast, guys. I'm trying to get, you, you know, we're 20 minutes in. Already. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm trying to get through this as quickly as I can. Uh, we have Stuber up next. Uh, the action comedy starring Kumail Nanjami. I probably butchered that in Dave Bautista. Uh, really good stuff. Um, you know, some eh, here and there. But overall, a very solid outing, I thought. Um, if they get a second one, I think they might be able to really uh, kind of nail down a formula and uh, do something even better if they get a chance to make a sequel. Get a 7 out of 10 from Stuber. Next, we have Danger Close. Now, I bet most, if not all of you, have no idea what this movie is. And if you do, you get points, and we can be friends. <laughs> so, the story of this is... Um, it's uh, the Battle of, uh, I believe, Long Tran, um, which uh, was fought during the Vietnam War by um, a coalition of New Zealand and Australian soldiers. And uh, it was a big bad battle and uh, really messed up. And a lot of good men uh, lost their lives, unfortunately. Um, the film stars Luke Bracey and uh, Travis Fimmel. Uh, Travis Fimmel you will know from things like Vikings and uh, Warcraft, the World of Warcraft movie. Uh, Luke Bracey, you will know from things like Hacksaw Ridge, uh, the remake of Point Break, things of that nature. Um, this movie I thought was absolutely 100% extraordinary. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite war films um, of all time. Uh, would definitely put it up in the list of greatest war films ever made. So, Danger Close, you can probably guess, gets a pretty high score. It's a 9 out of 10. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh. <coughs> One second. Okay, we're going to power through. Alright. <clears throat> I think I'm going to do two more, and we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> okay, we come to Angry Birds, the movie 2, or the Angry Birds 2 movie. The second movie, Angry Birds. <laughs> this one, so, like, I really, really love the first movie. But this one, um... Didn't quite do it for me. Uh, I thought it was good, just not that great. Uh, gets a six. Six out of ten for Angry Birds 2. We'll talk about it more at a later date, since I haven't gotten a chance to talk about the first movie with you guys yet. All right, real quick, we're going to do... Uh, well, not quick. I'm going to embellish a bit on this one, and then we're going to take a little break and come back and finish up this list. Uh, we have The Peanut Butter Falcon. Now, this movie is definitely... A contender for best movie of the year it is extraordinary it is beautiful vibrant magical filmmaking at its very finest and um and i just loved it to death you know um the cast we'll start with the cast shia labeouf absolutely wonderful performance by him absolutely incredible loved it loved love 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 shia um I mean, the stuff that he does with with this um, with this actor with Down syndrome is bar none some of the best stuff of the year, easily, handily. Um, Dakota Johnson, absolutely lovely, just adored her performance. I mean, you know, she has to ride this line 
um, which is really interesting because Shia's character is very antagonistic of Zack, of the character of Zack at the beginning of the movie, and only when he meets Dakota's character is there a kind of a shift, and he starts to, you know, kind of take Zack in, um, into his heart a little bit. Which, which tells you a lot about her performance, Dakota's performance, um, and her character, because you know it, it 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 took meeting her, and you know it's a very simple interaction and a little bit antagonistic on her part um, and his a little bit, but in a flirty kind of a way, uh, from his perspective, not not so much hers, <laughs> but you know it takes this one meeting, and you know Shia's character. Um, uh, Tyler goes from being kind of a jerk to Zach to, um, you know, the start of a beautiful friendship, you know, uh, a best friendship. And, you know, seeing the arc of, of Tyler and of Dakota Johnson's character um, is uh, magnified only more by um, the beauty would that is Zach uh, got gotten Sagan's performance um, got Sagan's performance this kid is freaking amazing dude I mean you know it's hard enough to be an actor you know and it's hard enough to be a person when you have Down syndrome uh, you put that together and that makes for a recipe that you know is um, just you know it, it could be a nightmare if you were a filmmaker or a fellow, you know, or a fellow cast member, but Zach Gottsagen is just a light. He is the light of this movie. He is extraordinary. Um, I mean, I would for sure, I mean, like, if he doesn't get a bunch of newcomer awards, like, I'm going to be really pissed, which I'm sure he already has, but, you know, um, the performance that he gives is is so incredible, and it would be, like I said, tough enough for you to deliver that performance if you were just a regular person and you did not have Down syndrome, but when you, ha and, you know, and be an actor, you know, like a, like Cuba Gooding Jr. in radio, or, you know, Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, or I Am Sam, Sean Penn, you know, these actors who aren't disabled in any way, um, giving performances as a disabled person, um, or an inflicted person, uh, that's not the, whatever you know what I'm saying but it's hard enough to get a performance like that from an actor who has to pretend to be like that um and then to pull a performance like that from someone who actually does have down syndrome um I mean these directors man were incredible but all the credit has to go to Zach uh because he just this is what he wanted to do man he wanted to make movies and, you know, he got hooked up with these guys and, you know, they, they, they said the same thing, you know, like, it's hard enough being, being an actor, man, um, but being an actor with Down Syndrome is incredibly difficult because it's very specific, like, nobody writes roles for people with disabilities, you know what I mean, with the exception of, like, amputees and stuff like that, so you can blow their legs off or whatever in a, in an action sequence, um, but Zach was adamant that this is what he wanted to do, and he was going to do it. So he said, look, hey, if, if it's so tough, you guys just write something, I'll star in it, and we'll make this bad boy. And then that's what they went off and did. They went off, wrote a script, and <laughs> they got Zach, and then 
Um, the way they got Shia is really interesting because originally they had Ben Foster, but Ben uh, wanted to spend time with his pregnant um, uh, significant other. So uh, he went to Shia, was like, Shia, you should do this thing. And then they, and then Shia was like, saw a proof of concept video and he met Zach and he was like, I'm on board. Then the filmmakers were like, hey, Zach, who, or hey, uh, Shia, who do you want to play your brother in the movie? And he was like, well, let's call up John Bernthal because I spent, I spent, you know, a couple of years ago, spent four months in a tank with him, um, you know, and, and having the occasional boxing match on set. That guy's definitely my brother. Uh, so let's get him. And then they got Dakota Johnson um, with the proof of concept and a script. And there you go. You're off to the races and made just hands down one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, possibly ever made. And, you know, just really captured such this this beautiful friendship, um, these beautiful friendships, um, this, this just three-way relationship of you know, of just love and support and kindness for one another, but still not being afraid to call each other out on their shit. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, dude, the peanut butter Falcon, it is one of the most exquisite films I've ever seen. One of the most exquisite films I've ever seen. 10 out of 10 perfect score, zero complaints about this movie at all. Um, as one reviewer said, it's the sweetest damn film of the decade. It definitely is, you know? All right. <clears throat> I think we both need a break. <laughs> it's a big episode, guys, just like it was last year. So I'm going to go take a break. You go take a break, and we will reconvene after <laughs> after these messages or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Quick break, and we'll be right back to continue with Stuff I Missed in 2019. Stick around. Uh, got a bunch of more stuff for you. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back with our first episode of the new year. Continuing on, part two of Stuff I Missed in 2019. Uh, we left off with Peanut Butter Falcon, so that brings us to Gemini Man, another movie that, uh, for some reason, inexplicably to me, did not do so well. Um, I don't, I honestly, you know, like, with with some of these other movies, I can, I get it a little bit, you know, like, like MIB, maybe I get a little bit, because, like, there's no Tommy Lee Jones, there's no Will Smith, uh, Upside, you know, it's a beloved movie the original so you know whenever you remake something that is you know very much um like just really loved so much you know people are going to have a problem uh when you remake it especially if you remake it in america um you know so on and so forth gemini man i i i i, I don't understand it i don't understand why this movie did not do so well i mean just the like the first real big action sequence alone you know i'm sitting there watching it and i'm like this movie gets freaking seven points just for that action sequence alone um you know because it was absolutely incredible you know i mean ang lee's never done anything like this before like this kind of big ballsy action movie and he just 
kills it, you know? And Will Smith is great, you know? Mary Elizabeth Winstead is awesome. Uh, you know, Clive Owen is uh, always great. So, I just don't get it. I really don't. Because, um... It was, I just enjoyed this movie so, so much. And, like, and by the way, like, I went into it with open eyes, like, with critical eyes. Like, you, you, you know, if you, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I usually the first time I watch a movie, I'm not really thinking about, you know, analyzing it too hard. You know what I mean? I'm just letting the movie come to me and I'm just watching it, uh, you know, to see a movie. Um, but this time, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to actually, you know, pay attention. I'm going to analyze. I'm going to try and see why people didn't like this movie, why it didn't do so well. And I and I came out the other side just like, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, I'll expound upon that at a later date because we're trying to get through this. Um, but anyway, long story short, Gemini Man gets a 10 out of 10 for me. That's how much I liked it. So, um, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I watch it again and watch it a third time, I'll be like, this sucks. Um, I doubt it, but right now it's a 10 out of 10. It was, I thought it was perfect. Uh, moving on, we have Zombieland Double Tap, uh, Big fan of the first movie. Uh, was really excited when they finally came back for the sequel. And uh, boy, they did not disappoint me. Um, I loved it. Again, gotta save it. Because I haven't talked about the first movie. So, 8 out of 10 for Zombieland Double Tap. Next we have... Uh, oh god. What does that say? Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't read my own handwriting there for a second. Uh, another Netflix movie. Um, the King... Uh, starring, and I'm probably going to get this name very wrong, Timothy Chalamet? Um, <laughs> uh You can probably guess it's about a guy who becomes a king. Um, very, I thought it was a pretty good movie, you know. Uh, I'll be honest, um, when I started watching it, uh, it was a little bit late, and um, I thought I would be able to make it, but I, I uh, got a little tired, so I had to pause it and then pick up the second half, uh, later, um, but once I actually sit down and watch the whole thing, uh, I really dug it, you know, like, um, I I liked the idea of this character, well, who is a real person, um, but I liked the idea that, that somebody who is in, um, a position of, of authority, like a prince, um, would, uh, not only, um, participate, but, uh, welcome, and, in fact, um, insist upon individual combat in place of two armies clashing with each other. So, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, gonna save because I want to rewatch the thing, and um, uh, the plan was uh, I wanted to put it in a uh, do a twofer with this and Outlaw King, um, which. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast, so I need to find out if I did that already. <laughs> I've done a lot of episodes, guys. I can't remember them all. Um, but anyway, uh, eight out of eight out of ten for me on the king. Um, now here we come to um, something. I actually already recorded a segment for this, but I got a little bit too worked up. We will say 
um, about it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I will say what I wanted to say um, without being too intense now. Um, and the movie in question is Harriet. Uh, f- first off, I freaking loved this movie. You know, uh, again, I, I think contender for um, best movie of the year. Um, definitely should get some awards because uh, the execution was top notch for sure. Performances were amazing, and um, and I just loved it to death. You know, again, I'm gonna save. I want to. I want to actually like take some time and and really talk about this movie more in depthly and I just don't have time right now so um I will just say this uh the kind of quote that I liked to use to describe this movie to people it is vibrant um immediate and important filmmaking of the highest caliber and highest order uh, I believe it's one of the most important movies made in this decade and uh, has something to say beyond the story that it's telling, which those are always movies that resonate beyond the subject matter that they uh, they are discussing and make them live forever. So, um, yeah, I. Uh, I got I, I caught the fee, I caught some feelings from this movie, uh, ten out of ten for Harriet and and I will be discussing this uh, at greater length down the road. Next up we have um, something a little more lighthearted. Uh, we have Green Eggs and Ham, the Netflix original series, starring Adam Devine and Michael Douglas uh, as <laughs> Sam I Am and Guy Am I, respectively. Um, what can I say about Green Eggs and Ham? You know, I like them, Sam. I am. I do like Green Eggs and Ham. Please don't sue me. Um, <laughs> but this—it was so great. You know, um, it 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 took the basic concept of the book and really fleshed it out and expounded upon all these moments um, between these two guys on this quite frankly epic road trip. Um, you know, and uh, and it was just so damn cool. You know, it was so damn cool. Uh, I loved it to death. You know, I mean, I loved it so much that after I watched it the first time when it first came out, it took me like a day or two. Uh, well, two, like two days, um, just because I was like, you know, mixing it up with some other stuff. But uh, sat down and rewatched it like two weeks ago or something like that. One night done. Um, I just binged it all the way through, uh, cause it's so good, man. I mean, Adam Devine is sublime <laughs> as Sam I am and Michael Douglas as Guy Am I is, um, just, it's perfect casting, you know, perfect casting. And, uh, and I just loved it to death. It was absolutely incredible. And I can't wait to watch it again. I can't wait for season two cause they set up, um, what, 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 would would happen if they got a second season and uh if they don't i'm gonna be very very angry <laughs> um next up we have another netflix original um and you guys will probably have heard about this one the irishman 
with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci, directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, again, this is a big, big old movie. It's like three hours and 20 minutes long, but it goes by like that. Just, you know, um, it's extraordinary, you know, as you would imagine a gangster pick directed by, a gangster picture directed by Martin Scorsese would be. Uh, again, I need to really take the time to sit and uh, soak all of everything in this movie up because it's three hours and 20 minutes long. Um, <laughs> so, <coughs> so yeah, um, we're going to have to talk about this again sometime, but suffice it to say, the movie is incredible, you know, 10 out of 10. Uh, now we come to one that might be a little bit interesting. Um, another Netflix original, Michael Bay directed and Ryan Reynolds starring Six Underground. Uh, the movie hasn't done so far uh, well with the critics. Uh, it's got like about a six-something-ish on IMDb. I uh, imagine probably worse on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I loved it, you know. Um, I think with this movie, Michael Bay really has found his niche. Um, and I think what that is, is these, you know, big, crazy, balls-out, rated-R blockbuster action movies you know what I mean um I think that's his I think that's what his jam is you know because like whenever he does a movie that's rated R he he always seems to up his game a little bit you know pain and gain um uh uh 13 hours secret soldiers of Benghazi you know these movies are freaking amazing movies um and, yeah, they have that Michael Bay flair to them. You know, Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. Uh, I th I just think that's his niche, man. Like, because um, he just he just takes it to another level with this stuff. And Six Underground is the finest, most pure example of, of just a guy just making a fun, crazy action movie and just having a blast with it. And you can really just see like how freeing it is for him to do a movie that's rated R um, especially when he's got a hundred million dollars to spend on it I mean the first 20 minutes are this you know kind of Deadpool-esque action sequence where he's you know he's doing some flashback storytelling and stuff like that so it's like he's cutting away from the action and then cutting back to the action but I mean it's such a great sequence first off but the stuff that they do is freaking insane. I mean, like, there, there's, it's this crazy car chase, right? First off. And so there's, you know, as you would expect with Michael Bay, these insane car crashes. Um, and, I mean, there's bodies coming out of the cars and, like, the way the things slam into each other. I mean, like, it's, it's all the stuff that you that have, you have in a Michael Bay big crazy movie like Transformers or something like that but instead of PG-13 where you don't where you just, you just see a car you know like crash and explode or whatever in this you actually see the the the, the people who you know granted are bad guys <laughs> but you actually see the bodies you know like being flung out of the car as it barrel rolls 30 times down the road it's at 100 miles an hour and they go flying off and just and it's insanity but you know i i just it's 
it was so cool. You know, Ryan Reynolds, it's he's Ryan Reynolds, you know. Is it going to be is is can he do no wrong at this point? I don't think so. Um Corey Hawkins, who, you know, you'll know from playing Dr. Dre in um uh in Straight Outta Compton and and stuff like, you know, Kong, uh uh Skull Island. Um, you know, he's just great. Um Melanie Laurent who uh, is just amazing, and you will know who's playing Shoshana in Inglorious Bastards, and she was in uh, the first Now You See Me. You know, just all this amazing stuff. Um, oh God, who else? Uh, uh, Dave Franco is in the mix. Um, oh geez, there's just so it's it's a it's an amazing cast. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, dude, it it was so cool. I just, I love this movie so much, and uh, I might actually have to watch it again tonight, along with, um, what was that other one I was thinking of? I was thinking of maybe watching something else tonight. What was it going to be? Damn it. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Gemini Man. Uh, that, that might be a good double feature, actually, because they're big, crazy action movies. But anyway, uh, Six Underground, it, it was just great, you know? Um, yeah, I just think, I think this is what Michael Bay should be doing. You know, he should get 60 to $100 million dollars. And go out and make a big crazy action movie that's rated R, so he can just show all the crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, nine out of ten on Six Underground. Uh, the only reason I don't give it a ten is, uh, and this isn't even necessarily my thing, um, because uh, it's just it's a, it's a character trait, so it makes sense. Um, so it's not I'm not docking it a point necessarily, um, but it's just like if this had happened, it would it would have overrided the 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 docking of a point if you will um and it's not even docking like because i don't start at 10 and then work my way down um unless it's something like the irishman you know where it's like i know i'm gonna like the movie um if i go in with a little bit of apprehension then i decide okay no i'm gonna start at one and we're gonna work our way up so like that's what i did with gemini man you know i'm like okay so you're at zero points now movie starts okay point 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 um and and this is what I did with this one. So I was like, we're gonna let's just put we're gonna start the t- counter at zero, and we're gonna work our way up. So we worked our way up to nine points, and it would have got ten if I had just seen Ryan Reynolds being tactical with an assault rifle. Um, but it makes sense that 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 wouldn't have happened because his character is a tech billionaire. So I wouldn't expect him to have too much combat experience, especially with an assault rifle. But anyway, nine out of ten for Six Underground. Loved it. Uh, if you like crazy action movies check it out if you like michael bay check it out if you like ryan reynolds check it out uh lots of stuff to like about it and finally last one of stuff i missed in 2019 the sequel to the devil's rejects three from hell directed by rob zombie now um i hadn't seen devil's rejects until this year um about the time the three from hell came out uh and I really liked The Devil's Rejects a lot. Um, Three from Hell, I liked it, but not as much. You know, I'm definitely gonna have to go back and check it out again. Uh, but right now, it's at a six. So we end on kind of a uh, <laughs> kind of a not a not very inglorious um, um, rating there. But hey, that's. That's some. That's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. 
So that's all the stuff that I wanted to talk about in 2019 that I just didn't get a chance to. Whew! We did it. All right. But we still have a lot more episode to go. Now we have what I'm going to be looking forward to in the year of 2020. Going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to talk about that. So stick around. All right, now we're back to talk about what I'm looking forward to most in 2020. Uh, first, real quick, I just want to talk about a new TV show called Deputy starring Stephen Dorff that just came out a couple of days ago. And um, I uh, got a chance to uh, get an early premiere episode uh, viewing thanks to my subscription to Hulu. Um, and I freaking loved it. It's probably my favorite new show of the... Uh, of the year, and that's, uh, you know, I get that that's a pretty bold statement considering we're literally four days into the new year, but uh, that's how it is. So I'm going to be adding that show to my television show review stuff. Uh, as I said, though, I am going to be changing the format of that, and I'm going to be doing those episodes once a month, so I have a couple of episodes to talk about so you get a little bit of an arc uh, in terms of what's going on with the show, so look forward to that soon. All right, now we begin with what I'm looking forward to most in 2020. We start with 1917. Uh, this is a World War I movie directed by Sam Mendes. Mendes? Sam Mendes? Sam Mendes. Um, and the thing that makes this film so unique is the way in which it was shot. Uh, that being... Um, it is designed to look at it as if it is one long, unbroken shot. So, two hours long, one long, unbroken shot is what it's designed to look as. Um, so, that's going to be very interesting. We've got a week or so until I can get that review out. So, um, can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> next, we have Inherit the Viper. Now, this is a movie that's probably going to fly under the radar, but it's a new Josh Hartnett film, and I always love seeing me some Josh Hartnett. Uh, basically, the story is there's some brothers in a small town, opioid crisis, uh, they're dealing opioids, um, and uh, some shit goes down. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Next, we come to something, and and I'm going to tell you like what like are the ones I'm really, really looking forward to. So, like, 1917, super looking forward to that. Next one, this next one, I'm super, super duper looking forward to, and that is the Robert Downey Jr.-led Doolittle. Um... I mean, it's, come on, it's Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is always a win. Robert Downey Jr. is Dr. Doolittle talking to animals. That is a win plus uh, infinity. So, <laughs> can't wait for that. Uh, also can't wait for this next one, which is Bad Boys for Life. I've been waiting for a Bad Boys sequel for over 10 years now. And boy, oh boy, does it look like I'm going to get a good one. Um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence both returning, as well as Joe Pan and Toliano. Um, whew! I just, oh, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. And I'm so glad that these, like, three of these, uh, these first three that I'm super duper looking forward to, 
uh, are all coming out in January, so I don't have long to wait for them. So I'm super excited to start this new year off with uh, some pretty epic Jim Goes to the Movies episodes, um, and I hope you are too. Next up, we have a new TV show. Guess what? He's back. Star Trek Picard. Um, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Freaking Sir Patrick Stewart is back as Jean-Luc Picard, and oh boy, am I excited for that. Um... Next up, we have The Gentleman, a new Guy Ritchie film starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, uh, Hugh Grant, um, Michelle Dougherty, a whole bunch of people. Um, Nice little crime action thriller kind of movie, looks like. Uh, So super excited for that. Uh, Guy Ritchie is always a win. Um, even when he's making a movie about King Arthur. <laughs> uh, okay, next we come to something a little more somber, The Last Full Measure. This has got Sebastian Stan, Sam Jackson, Ed Harris. Um, so already you got a great cast, Christopher Plummer. Um, and it's a story, a true story, of a, uh, a soldier in Vietnam who uh, died saving a bunch of guys and uh, never got the recognition for the act that he deserved, um, partially or entirely. Um, I don't know the full story, but because there was a it was a friendly fire incident, and uh, there was some sort of a cover up. Apparently, that's what the trailer uh, gleans at. Um, so Sebastian Stan's character uh, works for the DoD and is sent out to investigate the event and make a recommendation on whether or not this uh, soldier should uh, receive the Medal of Honor, which is, of course, our nation's highest award for gallantry in combat. So that's going to be an interesting movie. Next, we have the new Harrison Ford movie, Call of the Wild. Um, this one, I I just can't even express how giddy I was when I saw the trailer the first time and how much I'm looking forward to it. It looks absolutely stunning and incredible. And um, I'm sure I'm going to be pretty blown away by it. Next, we have Onward, which is an animated film starring Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, where they use magic of some kind uh, to try and resurrect or something their father, who is either deceased or not. I'm not sure. Um, I forget. I haven't seen the trailer in a minute, but it looks pretty interesting. looks pretty hilarious. Uh, so that's going to be fun. Next, we have The Way Back uh, by... Um, director of The Accountant and Warrior, uh, starring Ben Affleck, a uh, former high school basketball star who uh, has been having a rough go of it, has become a bit of an alcoholic, gets a job coaching basketball, and, uh, you know, starts shaping his team up and stuff like that as sports movies of this type are wont to do. So that's going to be interesting, hopefully. Uh, next, we have another super, super excited about one, Mulan. Now, if you heard my uh, episode where I discussed the trailer of this a couple of months ago, you know that I uh, was a bit tentative about them doing Mulan, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can't wait for, for this. Um, I will say this, though. If I come out of the theater not being, like, extremely blown away I will have something to say about it and Disney will get an earful from me because 
um, you know, we're all getting a little bit of remake fatigue at this point. I think we can all agree. But I'm hoping that Mulan will uh, absolve any uh, uh, reservations anyone might have about it. Um, just that movie particularly, not necessarily the remake uh, remakes, all of them as a whole. Because I mean, Jesus, it's just a cash grab. This, I mean, like literally, they didn't even have to make the Lion King. You know what I mean? Like I saw it, and I'm not even going to talk about it because it's literally pointless. Like that they made it. It 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 did nothing new. You know what I mean? For for me at least, anyway. That's my opinion. You know, and I haven't even bothered to see Aladdin yet. But you know. I'm sure Will Smith is good, but who knows? Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. That got a little that got a little dark there for a second. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have not a movie, not a TV show. We have a video game, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, if you haven't, if you know nothing about this game, if you like video games, just typey type it into your computer pruder. And uh, check out uh, some of the gameplay that they've released. Check out the trailer. Uh, Freaking Keanu Reeves is in this game. So that alone should uh, warrant you checking out the uh, stuff that's um, the, uh, you know, advertising campaign and gameplay footage that they've released so far and whatnot by itself. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be in a cyberpunky world and Keanu Reeves is there and he's got a metal arm or metal arms and stuff. So, yeah. That's going to be awesome. Uh, next we have Black Widow. I mentioned this one, I believe, a few episodes ago um, in the last year. Um, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I'm kind of bummed out because I know what's... I know where, you know, like, I don't know how the movie's going to go, like, what's going to happen in the movie, but I know what happens after the movie. So it just kind of bums me out that I get to see one of my favorite characters, you know, again. Um, but, you know, that's that's going to be it. Um, now, what will be nice is watching the MCU in a chronological order, because then I will have this new adventure to fit in between Civil War and Infinity War and stuff um, to see what happens with Black Widow. So that is nice, um, but, you know, we'll see what goes down. Um, I, I do want to address something. Some people have brought up that one of the outfits the Widow wears looks suspiciously similar to uh, an outfit the a character known as the Boss wore in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And I gotta say, they ain't talking out of their butt. Um, this particular outfit looks almost exactly like the outfit from this video game. And, uh... I gotta say, I'm a little bit pissed off about that, that they're gonna rip off Metal Gear Solid like that um, for the MCU. So, you know, we'll see what happens if, if there's any backlash, uh, if they, like, try to alter it in post or something like that. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, right now, mostly excited and then, and, then, and then slightly pissed off about the possible ripoff of one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> uh, now we come to Fast and Furious 9. Uh, this one, you know, you guys have heard me talk about Fast and Furious and how much I love the franchise. This one, though, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm just like, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not super psyched. Um, you know, I mean, the same thing, I had the same thing with Fast and Furious 8, or The Fate of the Furious, I should say. Uh, 
just because uh, Paul Walker, man. Like, there's no more Paul Walker. So, you know, I'm going to keep seeing him. I'm going to keep enjoying him. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's I'm kind of falling out of love with the franchise a little bit just because Paul's not there anymore. And, uh, and then, you know, all that drama that, that, you know, apparently went down between The Rock and, uh, and Vin Diesel is just like, really guys? Like, why? You know? So, you know, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to be excited to see it. I'm going to enjoy it most likely, but you know, uh, and and I, and I, and I'm I'm really pissed off too, because, you know. Ever since the seventh movie, you know they've said, "Oh, we're gonna bring it back more towards the the series roots and get back into the street racing and stuff like that." You know, uh, Paul said it on the seventh, like after they did the sixth movie when they were going into seven. Uh, Vin said it about fa- the Fate of the Furious, and they've said it about this movie, and. Every time they're talking out of their ass, man. Like, they have one street race and then they blow up half of the planet for the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? Not that I don't like that, but stop telling me you're going to give me something and then not deliver on that. You know what I mean? If you want to go back to the roots and make it more about street racing, you need to have at least four or five, three or four, you know, Freaking street races! You know what I mean? Like, you can't just have one street race at the top of the movie in Fate of the Furious and then say, we've gone back to our roots. Because you didn't. Because the rest of the movie is literally freaking Dom, you know, dealing with the this cyber criminal, and there's no racing! So, uh, You know what I mean? Like, stop promising me something if you, you know... Like, don't promise me you're going to get me a pepperoni pizza and then get me, you know, not a pepperoni pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you like, if you say I'm gonna get you a pepperoni pizza, and then you show up with like a sausage and, and banana pepper pizza, like I'll like the sausage and banana pepper, but I but you you promised me pepperoni. Like just because I might like what you gave me instead of what you promised does not mean I'm not still pissed off that you didn't give me what you promised you would give me. So yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little worked up there. Oh, I just miss Paul Walker so much. Um, anyway, moving on um, to Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman film, um, 1987. Oh my God, how cool did the trailer look, guys? Like, doesn't that isn't that trailer awesome? Like, and the music, like, oh, I can't wait for that. And then freaking, you know, the one guy, he's back, like. Oh, I can't wait to see this movie, dude. Like, Gal Gadot. I freaking love Gal Gadot. And I love her Wonder Woman so much. You know what I mean? Um, Kristen Wiig's in this new one, and her character and Diana's character seem to look like they have a really interesting uh, relationship and dynamic. So I'm super psyched to see Kristen Wiig in this movie. Um, yeah, I am... I'm, it, this is going to be a good year for movies, guys. Uh, next up, we have. Oh man, I can't. It's like I can barely contain myself when I talk about this next one. Top Gun Maverick. Oh my god, I can't wait! I can't wait. Um, 
Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a ginormous, humongous Top Gun fan. I adore the original. Um, when I was a kid, I I would pretend to be Maverick. That would that was my jam, you know. Um, and then when I got then when I started seeing rated R movies, I wanted to be Will Smith and Bad Boys. Um, <laughs> but um, first the first the first one was was Maverick from Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Oh my god, this movie looks so bonkers, insane in the membrane, cray cray to the max. Oh my lord. Like they they mounted they they built a mount for IMAX, for these IMAX cameras to like put them in the plane so they could actually be flying like they were in the first movie because Tom Cruise, the studio was like, "Tom, we can't do this. We've got to do it digitally." And Tom's like, if you want me in this movie, we're not doing it digitally. We're doing it for real. We're going to get some real planes. We're going to get some real people. We're going to go up in the real sky, and we're going to pull real 8Gs. And that's what they went and done did. And I love Tom Cruise for his dedication to his craft of making it real, because without him, who knows, man. We, we would have a, we would have basically Stealth 2, and you know that ain't going to fly with the Top Gun name involved so i can't wait um <laughs> moving on we have another ryan reynolds movie free guy uh this is very interesting he plays a uh ryan reynolds is a video game character named guy who uh kind of i'm not sure i'm not i'm, I'm not 100 percent on like if he like breaks his programming or if like there's no restriction on his character his npc's programming like like npcs can do like they have like they they have ai components so they can do stuff that's like outside of you know their normal routine in the video game um but that's what happens he he goes rogue a little bit or or whatever and goes on an adventure with a player um to uh do some stuff and it looks absolutely amazing and wonderful and enjoyable uh, okay, I'm going to try to get through the rest of these as quickly as I can um, so we don't have to do another two-parter. <laughs> anyway, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I, I think it looks great. Um, if you don't, you're entitled to your opinion, but I don't understand why everybody always has to get all up in arms about franchises where they always like, oh, we want more of this, we want more of this, and then it comes out and you're like, we hate this, we hate this! Um, so, you know, I mean, and by the way, like, freaking Paul Rudd is in this one. How can you hate what Paul Rudd does? But anyway, I think it looks great. I'm excited to see it. Um, we'll see if it's good or not. Um, and I like the tone they took with it too. Like it's they it, they they you know um, they went with a more drama oriented uh, tone. It seems like, and I'm kind of I'm really excited to see it because it looks like a lot more grounded. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Next, another super 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 excited about Tenant. Uh, new Christopher Nolan movie, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. Um, dude, watch the trailer. If you don't know what this movie is, I can't tell you because I don't know either. Just go watch the trailer. It's Tenet, okay? T-E-N-E-T. Just go watch the trailer and have your mind blown because you're not going to know what the hell is going on and it's awesome. Moving on. Infinite. Um, I don't know a lot about this movie. All I know is that it's Antoine Fuqua and Mark Wahlberg back together again. Um, something about past, uh, like something about memories being past lives 
or something like that. Have no idea, but it, I mean, and I, I, have, I have no idea what it looks like or anything other than one picture of Mark and Antoine Fuqua on set standing there. Um, so I have no idea if it looks good or not. All I know is that I'm interested and I'm down. Next up, we have Bill and Ted face the music. How many of you are not excited to see this movie would be an easier question to answer than how many of you are excited about it because everybody should be excited about this. It's Bill and Ted back together. They're facing the music. Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, next up, we have Hit the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, um, another Ryan Reynolds flick. Um, I don't know if you guys could tell or not. I'm a fan of Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> this is the sequel to uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard, um, which is an amazingly funny action movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. Um, the one thing I have to say, it's not a complaint necessarily, but I feel like they missed out on the perfect thing, or maybe they're holding back, but I always figured that the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard should be The Bodyguard's Hitman, um, you know, and, and you know have a role reversal uh, where, uh, you know, Sam Jackson's Hitman character has to do uh, something for Ryan Reynolds' bodyguard. But hey, Hitman's wife bodyguard, Salma Hayek, Ryan Reynolds, Sam Jackson, I'm not going to complain. Are you? You shouldn't. Moving on, we have <laughs> we have The King's Man, which is going to be a prequel to the Kingsman franchise. Uh, it's going to take place in the World War One era. So we've got a couple of World War One crazy intense battle scenes coming our way this year, which I'm not mad about. Uh, we need a little bit more of that. Um, this movie looks pretty intense, uh, pretty insane. It's going to deal, uh, presumably with the origins of the Secret Service, uh, the Kingsmen. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting. We've got Ray Fiennes in a mix, Jaiman Hansu. So not mad about that at all. Next up, we have something I'm excited for, but tentatively excited for, which is Without Remorse. Without Remorse is my favorite of all the Tom Clancy novels, probably my non my favorite nonfiction novel of all time. However, it seems like they've changed the story because the description I read was that uh, the character John Kelly, the main character, he goes out for revenge for his wife's murder, which is not what happens in the book. In the book, he meets a young girl who turns out to be a opioid uh, abused and physically abused and mentally abused um, teenager who is also a prostitute who's on the run from her um, pimps and uh, in the course of cleaning her up and then convincing her that she should go to the police to save the other people in this harem um, is killed in an altercation while uh, Kelly wants to go and do some recon and that is his revenge mission is going after these, this criminal organization who killed his new love after his wife died in a car accident many years ago, juxtaposed with a POW story in which his old boss, John Kelly's old boss, comes to visit him and wants him to uh, be part of a POW rescue mission to go to Vietnam and rescue said POW. So... Uh, will they be doing that stuff? I don't know. Apparently they're filming. I've been really pissed off about this movie because I wanted desperately to make this movie myself, and apparently I'm not going to get the chance unless I wait 20 years to do it. So we'll see if they do a good job. If they don't, you're going to hear something about it from me, and it'll probably be my most negative review to date, uh, especially if they don't stay faithful to the source material. So, uh, stick around for that, a movie that Jim might not like and might actually hate very much. 
Next up we have Venom 2. I don't have a lot of information about this. There's not really anything they've released about the story. Um, there are plenty of rumors abound, though, that they're going to connect it to the MCU. If they do, that will be awesome. If they don't, it'll still be pretty good. Andy Serkis directing, Tom Hardy returning. Next up, we have Godzilla vs. Kong. What more do I have to say? That's going to be tight. Next up, we have Croods 2. Huge fan of the first Croods. Um, you know, I still believe in Nick Cage. I think he's awesome. Uh, just unfortunately, he doesn't always get the good roles. Uh, Crudes though is great. I'm so happy that uh, they've finally done another. They've finally done a sequel to the original, and am super duper 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 looking forward to that. Next up, we have another video game, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it's a samurai game. It's gonna be tight. Um, not much I can do to describe this outside of just say. Just check it out, the trailer, the gameplay uh, footage that they've released so far, because this game looks freaking insane. Next up, another MCU entry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, again, I don't have a lot of information about this, but what more do you need to know? It's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, finally, I, again, don't have much information outside of just the basic uh, kind of descriptor of it and it's called I Bought a Farm. Um, this is uh, a docu-series starring Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear and uh, uh, the Grand Tour fame. He uh, bought a uh, farm and uh, that's what the show's about. Him having bought a farm and presumably running the farm. <laughs> well, we did it. First episode of 2019 in the bag. We covered everything I missed talking to you guys about in the uh, in the previous year of 2019. We've talked about what I'm looking forward to the most in 2020. We did it, guys. Yeah, if you if you stuck through, if you stuck with me through all this, um, you know, thanks, thank you so much. I mean, I just, I looked at last year's episode and that has got a, a fair amount of views. Or listens, I should say. Um, so I'm hoping that this one will also excite my listeners and uh, newcomers as well. Um, so uh, you get a little taste of kind of my style of things, and uh, you get the uh, you get a preview list of some of the stuff I will be talking about in the new year. I'm so excited for this new year, guys. Um, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you are all still tuning in, and for you newcomers, um, I thank you so much for checking me out, and if you've listened to multiple episodes, thank you for that. Uh, I genuinely appreciate it, and I freaking love my audience, you guys. I love all you. Um, even if you like Heath's show more than mine, which you should check out Heath's show, by the way, because he finally released a new episode! Um, and it's interesting. So... You're going to want to check that out. You're going to want to check out Mangabe Players across all the different social medias. Um, I've been streaming in Call of Duty Modern Warfare on our YouTube channel. I've got a couple of kill streaks. They're not the best. They're like 10 or 12. But, you know, um, I thought they were worth, you know, throwing up there um, just, for, uh, just for laughs. Um, so maybe you can see my progression once I get to maybe a 20-person kill streak. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, be streaming in Call of Duty in the Spec Ops mode, the co-op mode, um, as the year goes on, and uh, hopefully some other games as well. 
Um, I've been doing a lot of cooking stuff for anybody who follows my social media stuff on like Instagram or if you uh, if we're uh, friends on Facebook, you will have seen that uh, in the past year, 2019, I've gotten super into cooking. So I really want to do a cooking show for Mangami. We'll see how uh, if if that will work out this year or uh, later. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for this new year, guys. A lot of great stuff uh, coming down the pike. And uh, I'm just excited to uh, do all this stuff for you, and uh, you know, with Heath, and and uh, you know, it's just I'm I'm just I can't tell you how excited I am for this new year, guys. It's gonna be freaking awesome. All right, that's gonna do it. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for stopping by for a nightcap. I've been your host, Jim, and I will remain your host. Good night. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. Let me take take let me, let me try that again. Take two. <clears throat> All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. I am Jim, your host of Nightcap with Jim. Nope, let's try it one more time. One more time. Take three. <clears throat> Here we go. Let me take a little sip of water first. Hang on. Okay. Three, two, one, action. Alright, that uh nope, one more time. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. I genuinely appreciate it so much. I can't wait to share all the great stuff that we have in store for you in this new year. Please make sure to check out our other social media content at Mangami Players across the different social medias. Check out Morning Mangami with your host, Heath LeBumbard. He's got a brand new episode out. Finally, it took him long enough, but it's great. Definitely want to go give that a listen. Thank you for stopping by for a nightcap. I hope you have a lovely day, evening, night, morning, whatever... And whenever you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening. Good night. We did it that time. Hey, I did it. (laughs) Good night. All right, now we're back to talk about what I'm looking forward to most in 2020. Uh, first, real quick, I just want to talk about a new TV show called Deputy, starring Stephen Dorff, that just came out a couple of days ago, and um, I uh, got a chance to uh, get an early premiere episode uh, viewing, thanks to my subscription to Hulu, um, and I freaking loved it. It's probably my favorite new show of the of the year, and that's uh, you know I get that that's a uh, pretty bold statement considering we're literally four days into the new year but uh that's how it is so i'm going to be adding that show to my television show review stuff uh as i said though i am going to be changing the format of that and i'm going to be doing those episodes once a month so i have a couple of episodes to talk about so you get a little bit of an arc uh in terms of what's going on with the show so look forward to that soon All right, now we begin with what I'm looking forward to most in 2020. We start with 1917. Uh, This is a World War I movie directed by Sam Mendes. Mendes? Sam Mendes? Sam Mendes. Um, And the thing that makes this film so unique is the way in which it was shot. Uh, That being, um, it is designed to look as if it is one long, unbroken shot. So, two hours long, one long unbroken shot is what it's designed to look as. Um, So, that's going to be very interesting. 
we've got a week or so until I can get that review out. So, um, can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> next we have Inherit the Viper. Now, this is a movie that's probably going to fly under the radar, but it's a new Josh Hartnett film, and I always love seeing me some Josh Hartnett. Uh, basically, the story is there's some brothers in a small town, opioid crisis, uh, they're dealing opioids, um, and uh, some shit goes down. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Next, we come to something, and and I'm going to tell you like what like are the ones I'm really, really looking forward to. So, like, 1917, super looking forward to that. Next one, this next one, I'm super, super duper looking forward to, and that is the Robert Downey Jr.-led Doolittle. Um... I mean, it's, come on, it's Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is always a win. Robert Downey Jr. is Dr. Doolittle talking to animals. That is a win plus uh, infinity. So, <laughs> can't wait for that. Uh, also, can't wait for this next one, which is Bad Boys for Life. I've been waiting for a Bad Boys sequel for over 10 years now. And boy, oh boy, does it look like I'm going to get a good one. Um, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence both returning, as well as Joe Pan and Toliano. Um, whew! I just, oh, bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Don't sue me. Um, can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. And I'm so glad that these, like, three of these, uh, these first three that I'm super duper looking forward to uh, are all coming out in January, so I don't have long to wait for them. So I'm super excited to start this new year off with uh, some pretty epic Jim Goes to the Movies episodes, um, and I hope you are too. Next up, we have a new TV show. Guess what? He's back. Star Trek Picard. Um, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. Freaking Sir Patrick Stewart is back as Jean-Luc Picard. And, oh boy, am I excited for that. Um, next up, we have The Gentleman. A new Guy Ritchie film starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, uh, Hugh Grant, um, Michelle Dougherty. A uh, whole bunch of people. Um, nice little crime action thriller kind of movie, looks like. Uh, so, super excited for that. Uh, Guy Ritchie is always a win, um, even when he's making a movie about King Arthur. <laughs> uh, okay, next we come to something a little more somber, The Last Full Measure. This has got Sebastian Stan, Sam Jackson, Ed Harris, um... So already you got a great cast, Christopher Plummer, um, and it's a story, a true story of a, uh, a soldier in Vietnam who uh, died saving a bunch of guys and uh, never got the recognition for the act that he deserved, um, partially or entirely. Um, I don't know the full story, but because there was a it was a friendly fire incident, and uh, there was some sort of a cover up. Apparently, that's what the trailer. Uh, gleans at um, so Sebastian Stan's character uh, works for the DOD and is sent out to investigate the event and make a recommendation on whether or not this uh, soldier should uh, receive the Medal of Honor which is of course our nation's highest award for gallantry in combat so that's going to be an interesting movie next we have the new Harrison Ford movie Call of the Wild um, this one, I, I just can't even express how giddy I was when I saw the trailer the first time and how much I'm looking forward to it. It looks absolutely stunning and incredible, and um, I'm sure I'm going to be pretty blown away by it. 
Next, we have Onward, which is an animated film starring Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, where they use magic of some kind uh, to try and resurrect or something their father, who is either deceased or not. I'm not sure. Um, I forget. I haven't seen the trailer in a minute, but it looks pretty interesting. looks pretty hilarious, uh, so that's going to be fun. Next, we have The Way Back uh, by um, director of The Accountant and Warrior, uh, starring Ben Affleck, a uh, former high school basketball star who uh, has been having a rough go of it, has become a bit of an alcoholic, gets a job coaching basketball, and, uh, you know, starts shaping his team up and stuff like that as sports movies of this type are want to do. So that's going to be um, interesting, hopefully. Uh, next, we have another super, super excited about one, Mulan. Now, if you heard my uh, episode where I discussed the trailer of this a couple of months ago, you know that I uh, was a bit tentative about them doing Mulan, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, no, this is going to be awesome. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can't wait for, for this. Um, I will say this, though. If I come out of the theater not being, like, extremely blown away i will have something to say about it and disney will get an earful from me because um you know we're all getting a little bit of remake fatigue at this point i think we can all agree but i'm hoping that mulan will uh absolve any uh uh reservations anyone might have about it um just that movie particularly not necessarily the remake uh remakes all of them as a whole because i mean jesus it's just a cash grab this. I mean, like, literally, they didn't even have to make The Lion King. You know what I mean? Like, I saw it, and I'm not even going to talk about it, because it's literally pointless, like, that they made it. It 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 did nothing new, you know what I mean? For, for me, at least, anyway. That's my opinion, you know? And I haven't even bothered to see Aladdin yet, but, you know. I'm sure Will Smith is good, but who knows? Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. That got a little that got a little dark there for a second. All right. <laughs> Next up, we have not a movie, not a TV show. We have a video game, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, if you haven't, if you know nothing about this game, if you like video games, just typey type it into your computer pruder and uh, check out uh, some of the gameplay that they've released. Check out the trailer. Uh, Frickin' Keanu Reeves is in this game, so that alone should uh, warrant you checking out the uh, stuff that's um, the, uh, you know, advertising campaign and gameplay footage that they've released so far and whatnot by itself. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to be in a cyberpunky world and Keanu Reeves is there and he's got a metal arm or metal arms and stuff. So, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, next we have Black Widow. I mentioned this one, I believe, a few episodes ago, um, in the last year. Um, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I'm kind of bummed out because I know what's, I know where, you know, like, I don't know how the movie's gonna go, like, what's gonna happen in the movie, but I know what happens after the movie. So, it just kind of bums me out that I get to see one of my favorite characters, you know, again, um... But, you know, that's that's going to be it. Um, now, what will be nice is watching the MCU in a chronological order 
because then I will have this new adventure to fit in between Civil War and Infinity War and stuff um, to see what happens with Black Widow. So that is nice, um, but, you know, we'll see what goes down. Um, I, I do want to address something. Some people have brought up that one of the outfits the Widow wears looks suspiciously similar to uh, an outfit the a character known as the Boss wore in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And I gotta say, they ain't talking out of their butt. Um, this particular outfit looks almost exactly like the outfit from this video game. And uh, I gotta say, I'm a little bit pissed off about that, that they're gonna rip off Metal Gear Solid like that um, for the MCU. So, you know... We'll see what happens if, if there's any backlash, uh, if they like try to alter it in post or something like that. Um, we'll see what happens. But uh, right now, mostly excited and then, and, then, and then slightly pissed off about the possible ripoff of one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> uh, now we come to Fast and Furious 9. Uh, this one, you know, you guys have heard me talk about Fast and Furious and how much I love the franchise. This one, though, I'm a little bit... You know, I'm just like, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not super psyched. Um, you know, I mean, the same thing, I had the same thing with Fast and Furious 8, or The Fate of the Furious, I should say. Uh, just because, uh, Paul Walker, man. Like, there's no more Paul Walker, so, you know, I'm gonna keep seeing them, I'm gonna keep enjoying them, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I'm kind of falling out of love with the franchise a little bit just because Paul's not there anymore. And, uh, and then, you know, all that drama that, that, you know, apparently went down between the rock and, uh, and Vin Diesel is just like, really guys? Like why, you know? So, you know, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to be excited to see it. I'm going to enjoy it most likely, but you know, uh, and and uh, and uh, and I'm I'm really pissed off too, because, you know. Ever since the seventh movie, you know they've said, oh, we're gonna bring it back more towards the the series roots and get back into the street racing and stuff like that, you know. Uh, Paul said it on the seventh, like after they did the sixth movie when they were going into seven. Uh, Vin said it about fa the fate of the furious, and they've said it about this movie, and every time they're talking out of their ass, man. Like, they have one street race, and then they blow up half of the planet for the rest of the movie. You know what I mean? Not that I don't like that, but stop telling me you're going to give me something and then not deliver on that. You know what I mean? If you want to go back to the roots and make it more about street racing, you need to have at least four or five, three or four, you know, Freaking street races, you know what I mean? Like, you can't just have one street race at the top of the movie in Fate of the Furious and say, we've gone back to our roots. Because you didn't. Because the rest of the movie is literally freaking Dom, you know, dealing with the this cyber criminal, and there's no racing. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, stop promising me something if you, you know, like, don't promise me you're going to get me a pepperoni pizza and then get me, you know, not a pepperoni pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you like, if you say I'm gonna get you a pepperoni pizza, and then you show up with like a sausage and, and banana pepper pizza, like I'll like the sausage and banana pepper, 
but I but you you promised me pepperoni. Like just because I might like what you gave me instead of what you promised does not mean I'm not still pissed off that you didn't give me what you promised you would give me. So yeah, all right. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little worked up there. Oh, I just miss Paul Walker so much. Um. Anyway, moving on. Um. To Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman film. Um. Nineteen eighty-seven. Oh my God, how cool did the trailer look, guys? Like, doesn't that isn't that trailer awesome? Like, and the music, like, oh, I can't wait for that. And then freaking, you know, the one guy, he's back. Like, oh, I can't wait to see this movie, dude. Like, Gal Gadot. I freaking love Gal Gadot, and I love her Wonder Woman so much. You know what I mean? Um, Kristen Wiig's in this new one, and her character and Diana's character seem to look like they have a really interesting uh, relationship and dynamic. So I'm super psyched to see Kristen Wiig in this movie. Um, yeah, I am. Um, it, this is going to be a good year for movies, guys. Uh, next up, we have. Oh man. I can't, it's like, I can barely contain myself when I talk about this next one. Top Gun Maverick. Oh my god, I can't wait. I can't wait! Um, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a ginormous, humongous Top Gun fan. I adore the original. Um, when I was a kid, I, I would pretend to be Maverick. That would, that was my jam, you know, um... And then when I got then when I started seeing rated R movies, I wanted to be Will Smith and Bad Boys. Um, <laughs> but um, first, the first the first one was was Maverick from Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. Oh my God, this movie looks so bonkers, insane in the membrane, cray cray to the max. Oh my lord, like they they mounted they they built a mount. For IMAX, for these IMAX cameras to like put them in the plane so they could actually be flying like they were in the first movie because Tom Cruise, the studio was like, Tom, we can't do this. We've got to do it digitally. And Tom's like, if you want me in this movie, we're not doing it digitally. We're doing it for real. We're going to get some real planes. We're going to get some real people. We're going to go up in the real sky and we're going to pull real 8Gs. And that's what they went and done did. And... I love Tom Cruise for his dedication to his craft of making it real. Cause without him, who knows, man? We we would have a we would have basically Stealth Two, and you know that ain't gonna fly with the Top Gun name involved. So I can't wait. Um, <laughs> moving on, we have another Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy. Uh, this is very interesting. He plays a... Uh, Ryan Reynolds is a video game character named Guy who uh, kind of... I'm not sure... I'm not I'm, I'm not 100% on, like, if he, like, breaks his programming or if, like, there's no restriction on his character, his NPCs programming. Like, like NPCs can do... Like, they have, like, they, they have AI components so they can do stuff that's, like, outside of, you know, their normal routine in the video game. Um, but that's what happens. He he goes rogue a little bit, or or whatever, and goes on an adventure with a player um, to uh, do some stuff. And it looks absolutely amazing and wonderful and enjoyable. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try to get through the rest of these as quickly as I can. 
Um, so we don't have to do another two-parter. <laughs> anyway, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I, I think it looks great. Um, if you don't, you're entitled to your opinion, but I don't understand why everybody always has to get all up in arms about franchises where they always like, oh, we want more of this, we want more of this, and then it comes out and you're like, we hate this, we hate this! Um, so, you know, I mean, and by the way, like, frickin' Paul Rudd is in this one. How can you hate what Paul Rudd does? But anyway, I think it looks great. I'm excited to see it. Um, we'll see if it's good or not. Um, and I like the tone they took with it, too. Like, it's, they, it, they, 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 you know, um, they went with a more drama-oriented uh, tone, it seems like. And I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see it because it looks like a lot more grounded. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Next, another super, super, super excited about Tenant. Uh, new Christopher Nolan movie, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson. Um, dude, watch the trailer. If you don't know what this movie is, I can't tell you because I don't know either. Just go watch the trailer. It's Tenet, okay? T-E-N-E-T. Just go watch the trailer and have your mind blown because you're not going to know what the hell is going on and it's awesome. Moving on. Infinite. Um, I don't know a lot about this movie. All I know is that it's Antoine Fuqua and Mark Wahlberg back together again. Um, something about past, uh, like something about memories being past lives or something like that. Have no idea. But it, I mean, and I, I have I have no idea what it looks like or anything other than one picture of Mark and Antoine Fuqua on set standing there. Um, so I have no idea if it looks good or not. All I know is that I'm interested and I'm down. Next up, we have Bill and Ted Face the Music. How many of you are not excited to see this movie would be an easier question to answer than how many of you are excited about it because everybody should be excited about this. It's Bill and Ted back together. They're facing the music. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Uh, next up, we have Hit the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, um, another Ryan Reynolds flick. Um, I don't know if you guys could tell or not. I'm a fan of Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> this is the sequel to uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard, um, which is an amazingly funny action movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson. Um, the one thing I have to say, it's not a complaint necessarily, but I feel like they missed out on the perfect thing, or maybe they're holding back, but I always figured that the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard should be The Bodyguard's Hitman, um, you know, and, and, you know, have a role reversal uh, where, uh, you know, Sam Jackson's Hitman character has to do uh, something for Ryan Reynolds' bodyguard. But hey, Hitman's wife bodyguard, Salma Hayek, Ryan Reynolds, Sam Jackson, I'm not going to complain. Are you? You shouldn't. Moving on, we have <laughs> we have The King's Man, which is going to be a prequel to the Kingsman franchise. Uh, it's going to take place in the World War One era. So we've got a couple of World War One crazy intense battle scenes coming our way this year, which I'm not mad about. Uh, we need a little bit more of that. Um, this movie looks pretty intense, uh, pretty insane. It's going to deal, uh, presumably with the origins of the Secret Service, uh, the Kingsman. Um, so that's going to be pretty interesting. We've got Ray Fiennes in the mix, Jaiman Hansu. So not mad about that at all. Next up, we have something I'm excited for, but tentatively excited for, which is Without Remorse. Without Remorse is my favorite of all the Tom Clancy novels, probably my non my favorite nonfiction novel of all time. However, it seems like they've changed the story because the description I read was that uh, 
the character John Kelly, the main character, he goes out for revenge for his wife's murder, which is not what happens in the book. In the book, he meets a young girl who turns out to be a opioid uh, abused and physically abused and mentally abused um, teenager who is also a prostitute who's on the run from her um, pimps. And uh, in the course of cleaning her up and then convincing her that she should go to the police to save the other people in this harem um, is killed in an altercation while uh, Kelly wants to go and do some recon. And that is his revenge mission is going after these, this criminal organization who killed his new love after his wife died in a car accident many years ago juxtaposed with a POW story in which his old boss, John Kelly's old boss, comes to visit him and wants him to uh, be part of a POW rescue mission to go to Vietnam and rescue said POW. So, uh, will they be doing that stuff? I don't know. Apparently they're filming. I've been really pissed off about this movie because I wanted desperately to make this movie myself and apparently I'm not going to get the chance unless I wait 20 years to do it so we'll see if they do a good job if they don't you're going to hear something about it from me and it'll probably be my most negative review to date uh, especially if they don't stay faithful to the source material so uh, stick around for that a movie that Jim might not like and might actually hate very much Next up, we have Venom 2. I don't have a lot of information about this. There's not really anything they've released about the story. Um, there are plenty of rumors abound, though, that they're going to connect it to the MCU. If they do, that will be awesome. If they don't, it'll still be pretty good. Andy Serkis directing, Tom Hardy returning. Next up, we have Godzilla vs. Kong. What more do I have to say? That's going to be tight. Next up, we have Croods 2. Huge fan of the first Croods. Um, you know, I still believe in Nick Cage. I think he's awesome. Uh, just unfortunately, he doesn't always get the good roles. Uh, Crudes, though, is great. I'm so happy that uh, they've finally done another. They've finally done a sequel to the original, and am super duper 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 looking forward to that. Next up, we have another video game, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it's a samurai game. It's gonna be tight. Um, not much I can do to describe this outside of just say. Just check it out, the trailer, the gameplay uh, footage that they've released so far, because this game looks freaking insane. Next up, another MCU entry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, again, I don't have a lot of information about this, but what more do you need to know? It's the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, finally, I, again, don't have much information outside of just the basic uh, kind of descriptor of it and it's called I Bought a Farm. Um, this is uh, a docu-series starring Jeremy Clarkson of Top Gear and uh, uh, the Grand Tour fame. He uh, bought a uh, farm and uh, that's what the show's about. Him having bought a farm and presumably running the farm. <laughs> well, we did it. First episode of 2019 in the bag. We covered everything I missed talking to you guys about in the uh, in the previous year of 2019. We've talked about what I'm looking forward to the most in 2020. We did it, guys. Yeah, if you if you stuck through, if you stuck with me through all this, um, you know, thanks, thank you so much. I mean, I just, I looked at last year's episode and that's got a, a fair amount of views or listens, I should say. 
Um, so I'm hoping that this one will also excite my listeners and uh, newcomers as well. Um, so uh, you get a little taste of kind of my style of things, and uh, you get the uh, you get a preview list of some of the stuff I will be talking about in the new year. I'm so excited for this new year, guys. Um, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you are all still tuning in. And for you newcomers, um, I thank you so much for checking me out. And if you've listened to multiple episodes, thank you for that. Uh, I genuinely appreciate it. And I freaking love my audience, you guys. I love all you. Um, Even if you like Heath's show more than mine, which you should check out Heath's show, by the way, because he finally released a new episode! Um, And it's interesting. So... You're going to want to check that out. You're going to want to check out Mangabe Players across all the different social medias. Um, I've been streaming in Call of Duty Modern Warfare on our YouTube channel. I've got a couple of kill streaks. They're not the best. They're like 10 or 12. But, you know, um, I thought they were worth, you know, throwing up there um, just for uh, just for laughs. Um, so maybe you can see my progression once I get to maybe a 20-person kill streak. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, we'll be streaming in Call of Duty in the Spec Ops mode, the co-op mode, um, as the year goes on, and uh, hopefully some other games as well. Um, I've been doing a lot of cooking stuff for anybody who follows my social media stuff on like Instagram, or if you uh, if we're uh, friends on Facebook, you will have seen that uh, in the past year, 2019, I've gotten super into cooking, so I really want to do a cooking show for Mangami. We'll see how... Uh, if, if that will work out this year or uh, later. Um, yeah, I'm just really excited for this new year, guys. A lot of great stuff uh, coming down the pike, and uh, I'm just excited to uh, do all this stuff for you and, uh, you know, with Heath, and, and uh, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm just, I can't tell you how excited I am for this new year, guys. It's going to be freaking awesome. All right. That's going to do it. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for stopping by for a nightcap. I've been your host, Jim, and I will remain your host. Good night. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was terrible. Let me take, take let, me, let me try that again. Take two. <clears throat> All right. That's going to do it for us tonight. That is our show. Thank you so much for listening. I am Jim, your host of Nightcap with Jim. Nope. Let's try it one more time. One more time. Take three. Here we go. Let me take a little sip of water first. Hang on. Okay. Three, two, one. Action. All right. That. Uh, nope. One more time. <laughs> That's our show for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. I genuinely appreciate it so much. I can't wait to share all the great stuff that we have in store for you in this new year. Please make sure to check out our other social media content at Mangami Players across the different social medias. Check out Morning Mangami with your host, Heath LeBombard. He's got a brand new episode out. Finally, it took him long enough, but it's great. Definitely want to go give that a listen. Thank you for stopping by for a nightcap. I hope you have a lovely day, evening, night, morning, whatever and whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. We did it that time! Hey, I did it! <laughs> The Nightcap with Jim podcast is a Mungamy production hosted by James Smith, produced by Heath LeBombard and James Smith. For more Mungamy content, visit Mungamy players all across the social medias. Mm-hmm.